0: This is Hitting the Mark, conversations with founders about the intersection of brand clarity and startup success with your host, brand strategist and author, Fabian Geierhalter.
1: I think think a good start with this is to work out truly what the culture that you enjoy is. I say enjoy because with all things of business if you're not enjoying it then you're doing something wrong I mean like this is supposed to like yeah this is, this is a large part of life so I think I think with culture when you first start you don't think about this it, it happens you hire and you'll hire people who will help influence that, that culture in, in a big way um, I kind' of think about it as like a drop of dye in a in a glass of water and when you're a small team you know you put one one small drop into a small glass and, and the whole and all the water goes goes blue instantly. As that team grows and grows and grows, you know, that that color has a danger of fading away because you're only putting one drop in.
0: Last episode, we were in Iceland. Today, we're in Australia. And finally, we have a B2B brand on the show again. A tech brand that is in the business of converting, retaining and growing your customers with delightful personal video messages sent at just the right time. But Bonjoro is not the typical tech company. It has brand and culture at its heart. It is about creating customer love and it is a weird brand, a fun brand, a brand that is not afraid to stand out, most probably more afraid to blend in. Matt and I talk about the importance of branding for B2B companies. Yes, you heard that correctly. And we talk about brand copy, about creating funnels for a brand that has multiple audiences with multiple pain points. And of course, we talk about bears. Yes, (laughs) Yes, beers. <laughs> well, if that intrigues you, let's get started. Here's Matt of Bonchoro. Welcome to the show,
1: Matt. Hey, Fabian. great to be here
0: absolutely. you know, i'm I'm so thrilled to have a b two b tech brand on the show at last. but Bonchoro is not the typical tech company. I mean, it has a brand and culture at its heart. It is about creating customer love. And it's a weird brand. It's a fun brand. it's a it's a brand that, is not afraid to stand out. You're most probably more afraid to, to blend in. <laughs> um, and you you started as a designer, if I saw it correctly, on your LinkedIn. Um, how did you end up running Bonchoro? And take us on that journey. Take, take us on the journey of how the brand came about, the, the brand's formation. How did you get into video and all of that stuff?
1: Yeah, so I trained as an industrial designer back in the UK many years ago, industrial designs a terrible word it's basically product design but that obviously stretches you know the from the engineering side all the way to the creative side so i was always going to go into product. i think i had a i had a, a personal affinity for i don't even know if i if i knew it was brand just just being a bit um weird i guess so yeah I, like i always wore i've always worn kilts my whole life like i've always gone on stage <laughs> like i like i like getting out and making a lasting impression personally um, you know, we, like I used to work in agency a lot. And so jazz hands and pitching was kind of part of my DNA. Like, like, like I thrived on that. And so I, I moved to Australia many years ago and fell into the tech scene. I actually originally went on a date with a, with a co-founder and we didn't hit it off, but we did start a company <laughs> and that was the first company. And then, you know, 10 years later, Bonjuro is now the company that I'm in, um, and started. And, and I guess we just kind of, like, I kind of found that space and, I think, you know, that brand side, that brand attention has always been something that I'm passionate about. It, you know, initially it was, it, it was personal brand, I guess, if you look back um, and brand within, within other people's products. And then, you know, I guess this was a, a great time to kind of experiment and kind of see how far I could take a brand myself. And it's, you know, initially it's got a lot of me in it, I'll be honest. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it's about, evolved from there. And, and that's how it usually works,
0: right? I mean, it's like, you know, a founder has a personality and they, they use that personality to launch a brand and to quote unquote sell people on what they have to offer. But but how did you get into, like, was it always video for Panchora? Like, did you start like that or how, how, how was kind of like, how did, how did you decide that there's a pain point out there and you can solve it in a very unique way?
1: Yeah, so I, we actually I actually ran an agency so we had an agency here dealing with clients overseas so Australia great place to live uh, not a great place to be if you want to do global business because <laughs> the time zones are like, like so like it's like right now at 6 a.m. I know You've thank you thank you
0: I appreciate it 6 a.m for you we have to we have to call it that out that's a that's a true point. So,
1: so that's and that's pretty normal and so when we had an agency here we'd have a lot of leads coming overseas Um that agency had headquarters here, but an office in London as well. But we would essentially have these leads coming in overnight. And one of the things we did in terms of, I mean, like, like so, so, so sales, but with like a very big kind of brand slant, is that we tried to get our personalities across and our creativity across, which is how we sold to these agencies. And we and we decided to use videos to do that. So obviously agencies do rely on the team and the individuals. They are a massive part of how you sell. We were very good at that. We were very creative. We were very out there. And so we would collect any leads that came in overnight from other countries. And rather than sending them an email, which which we originally did, but again, just didn't get us across and our brand across, we started doing individual videos for every single inquiry that we had. I used to take a, um, a ferry to work here in Sydney. So I would go across the harbor and pass in the opera house. And so I'd wait until that moment. And then I would pull out my smartphone and I'd do these videos, you know, like we'd see like a, the account manager for Budweiser in London and Ogilvy would sign up and I'd do a video talking about Budweiser and, and the projects that we worked on while the wind was in my hair and there were seagulls flying around and, <laughs> and, we, and, we, and we packaged this up and we sent it to them. And you know, most time people w- would reply, and they and they go, "I, I can't really understand what you're saying because it's too windy," <laughs> but but this is hilarious. Like, absolutely, come in and see us. And so we end up getting like all these extra meetings just because we were being a bit more creative in our, in our approach. And obviously, I mean, and this kind of feeds the brand because as an agency, you know, our very comms, our very first interaction we ever did with the company was a creative. Approach, and it was a very personalized approach as well, which is which is how our brand was in that company. Yeah, we I mean, ultimately, long story short, one of those clients asked if they could use this 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 video messaging system that, that we built. Um, we let them use it. They started sending them. Some of their clients came in, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And then and then this this just started to snowball and, and build its own company. Um, so it was never it was never an intention, but we were trying to embody, I guess, what we had as our original brand in our way that we communicated, and then that ultimately became. Like its own company and its own products off the back of that.
0: And you called it a matching system. How how does how does that algorithm work? Tell tell us a little bit about like how the whole how the whole quote unquote system works. If I'm a client and I sign up, you know what what's going to go down if I'm if I'm part of Bonchoro?
1: Yeah, so it's all it's all that personalization at scale. I mean, like, so we are a video tool. Like, honestly, like the reality is, it's not actually the video that is the key uh the video is an amazing way to communicate it's actually about turning up and uh, and taking time with the customer. so what we do is the system will sit on top of any customer data source you use so a hubspot a a, um, a salesforce even a shopify like like any tool at all and what happens is we basically suggest triggers as to when it makes sense to send a customer or a lead a personalized one minute video um, the most common use case, of course, is with leads. So a lead comes in and like we were doing in that first case, one of your team get, gets notified and then you're you're going to record a 30 second, one minute video to welcome this lead on board and say, hey, this is Fabian here, awesome to have you, you know sign up. If you have any questions, let us know, et cetera, et cetera. Um, what we do specifically though is we also pull in data about who that customer is. So we'll tell you what their job title is, where they work, where in the world they are, We'll even tell you what they've done in your software or on your lead forms or in, or in your products. So we can show you that, you know, if like if it's, in our instance, if you're, a, if you're a software company, we can show you that this, this lead in the last hour has done, you know, steps one to four of onboarding, but they haven't done steps five to six. So when you do a video, you can not only use their name and their job and where they're from. You can also say, hey, also I noticed you didn't do these three steps. Here's a link to go into them. They're really important. And if you need help, let me know. So you're personalizing the, the the content in terms of saying the name and the company and that kind of thing. And then you're also personalizing the direction that you're driving each and every lead to obviously try and get them to a better success.
0: Very cool. And th- the reason why video is obvious, right? It makes it personal. Um, you know, people actually know who you are. And uh, when we started our um, little interview here this morning, you had your camera on, I had my camera off, because I always have my camera off because of bandwidth, you know, I just want to make sure, especially with Australia, and you're like, no, let, let's keep that on. Let's get to know each other a little bit. And and that is I mean, that 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 makes it more personable, right? Um, you know, obviously, there must be people in a company who are like, well, I don't I don't feel like I should be on camera or a little shy or a little, but you are specifically capable catering to people who should not be shy or who are whose whose job title is to you know either they're an educator or they're in the sales force right but those are people who should be more outgoing and that's why this is a great match for them
1: I mean, it, it depends i mean i think i think everyone in your company should be happy to stand up and face customers um, i mean if you go to any business that's not online this this was the normal i mean this is like like it, it, it's the <laughs> online and the not getting on video which is weird actually like getting in person you know like you go back generations you go into your grocer he would know what it is you're buying he, he would have your produce ready for you your baker was the same your butcher was the same you had all these, all these relationships with our um, suppliers on a daily basis and then you know we all went, went online and got in a hurry and we started to lose those relationships. So really it's just reigniting that. the reason it's interesting one yeah so, so so going into the whole video thing um, the reason I believe video is, is seen this way where some people are nervous to get on video is because for generations of a long time video is actually put on a pedestal because it was essentially the realm of film and TV only. So we now have this deep, ingrained, I guess subconscious uh, feeling that uh, the video is the realm of TV and movie stars and makeup and looking perfect and film, whereas actually it is, it is ultimately just a window that's all it is. it's no different to again meeting your coffee brister in the morning in person versus remotely it's just a window, and it just shows you who you are and humans are built humans are built to communicate visually more than they are built to communicate in terms of like audio or, or words you know 70 of communication is visual so it's actually just very natural we just need to get over this little hump of where video came from and that's a psychological change to make which you know the last 18 months as terrible as it's been this is one thing it has helped is, is it's got people just to get over that and say okay well fine video is just it's just a window.
0: I, I was wondering, right? Because I, I love the idea of uh, video as a window. I think I think that's really that's 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 you know poetic, even. <laughs> you know. What I'm but it's also true. I mean, that's just how it is. But you know, COVID nineteen. I mean, it, it 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 impacted everyone's brand. Um, it's, some brands it impacted uh, you know positively. It's hard to say that, right? You know, it's difficult to say that because obviously it's it's been a, it's been a horrifying you know situation for for mankind. But there have been brands that 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 just had the right product at the right time um how has this entire idea of video becoming the main means of, of communicating um with clients even how did that change the trajectory of what you're doing over the last uh, i guess at this point it's uh, it's it's 12 months it does I mean
1: i mean like with with hindsight back uh, the, the challenge here is is, is you can never tell what would have happened otherwise i actually believe that the world was going in this way anyway So we were seeing like an accelerating trajectory into video and more importantly, again, I said at the beginning, it's it's not all about video. Um, An accelerating uh, trajectory into personalizing the customer experience. And I think this is kind of the more important point for for us as a company. Brands were starting to find that customers were wanting connection again. Those that were taking the time and front-loading customer service and and supports were getting much better results video is a great enabler for this. Now, the last year, what we've had is we've had a lot of people train on Zoom. So we no longer have that challenge of getting over the fear. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, depending, you know, obviously where we work and where we tend to be used, which tends to be a bit more frontline, so customer success, sales, um, those individuals were already getting into video. It was already happening in quite a large way anyway. So it's been like, again, like as a business, we have accelerated this year. It, you know, it, it's a great place to be. I don't think it's been incredibly different because I think for us and where we play, this was actually already already happening. So we already saw that trajectory kicking off before before the world changed. I think I think for in I think off the front lines, so where you have teams communicating and, and maybe the more introverted and the kind of like back of house teams think that's that's where Zoom has kicked off because now teams have to communicate. But frontline was already starting to get over this hump. I feel anyway, like like that, that tidal wave was coming. It has just got bigger, obviously. Yeah. yeah. Maybe it wouldn't have got as big as fast. Um, I I couldn't tell you, but but it's not a, it's not like the world changed on a dime for the video space, I don't think.
0: Well, and now everyone has the perfect lighting, and everyone has the perfect mic, and everyone, you know, so it's kind of like, you know, it's definitely, it's it's definitely a beneficial thing for you. And on the other hand, there is um, there is a company like Clubhouse coming around, right, where it's like we're so sick of video, let's just listen to people and let's be passive, right? Um, and so it's really interesting. And yet, with the whole Clubhouse thing, I see so many startups that are saying. Oh shoot, Clubhouse would be so cool with video. Let's build Clubhouse for with video. <laughs> so who knows who knows where all of this is gonna go? But um but but I think it's just it's just interesting, right? Because people when when people have too much of one thing, they're just gonna get sick of it. And right now it's like this this idea of everyone is over Zoom and I just don't wanna be on camera all day anymore. But you know, in hindsight, it's you know, we're all we're all ready for it. And to send a client a quick um or a potential client a quick video message, just it just feels Natural now, and to your point, that's what it should be because it's just you know, like that's how you say hi to the baker or the butcher, you actually know their face, you know their personality.
1: Like, I think, I think with communication is an interesting one because, like, you, you kind of like unpack it more and more and what it really means to communicate. And you know, different there are different ways to communicate for different scenarios, yeah, you know, and so, and so, with 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 the clubhouse, like, ultimately, if you want to, you can choose to be be, be more passive because. It is a more passive form of communication. In, in in what I mean is, you don't need to have hundred percent attention. Whereas video, you know, you need to look in someone's eyes. You need yeah. to be there. You need to be engaged. And if you're not, people can tell. Now audio, you don't have to have quite that level. So which is great because it allows you to potentially multitask at the same time. You know, obviously written communication is great because it could it it, it could be consumed on the recipient's own time. How they like, they can they can jump out and jump back in again. You know there are different pieces of communication that work at different points for different reasons so no you know no one communication style is better than another it's about matching it to the situation and in, and in situations where trust is important and you know connection is important and i think getting your team and brand across because for me the team is brand as well that's obviously where video or just in in person tends to have the biggest impact
0: and on that note, um, you you stated somewhere, I don't know where I found this, but but you said, my love of building great product is only surpassed by that of building great culture. Um, I literally wrote the same thing to switch products with brands where, you know, I, I believe that you simply cannot build a strong brand on a weak culture. What are some company culture tips so we're going to talk a little bit more about company culture but what are some company culture tips from your experience running a company with what looks from the outside in as as, as having a, a pretty admirable culture what does it take
1: i think like, I, I think a good start with this is to work out truly what the culture that you enjoy is and i say enjoy because with all things in business if you're not enjoying it then You're doing something wrong i mean like this is supposed to like yeah this is this is a large part of life so i think i think with culture when you first start you don't think about this it it happens you hire and you'll hire people who will help influence that that culture in in a big way um i kind of think about it as like a drop of dye in a in a glass of water and when you're a small team you know you put one one small drop into a small glass and, and the whole and all the water goes goes blue instantly as that team grows and grows and grows you know that that color has a danger of fading away because you're only putting one drop in. So at the beginning, it's easy. You all make the color or the culture. As you get bigger, you actually start to need need, need to drive this. And, th- and there comes a point, and you'll probably notice this, where you need to take a bit of a switch. And the first step is to really be very honest with what, what it is that makes your culture. And You'll hear people talk about writing down the key company values within this. Um, there is no hard or fast rule. I I, I wouldn't worry too much about this. I, I I think the the key to getting this right is just to be honest. Um, don't don't use big words. Just like write it down. Whatever makes sense to you and your team, run it past everyone and be like, does this is this us? And don't think your values are something that you you know that you want to use to make sure people come and get jobs. Like write them for what they are. You know, <laughs> if you, if one of your, if one of your values as a company is that you need to be quite ruthless to succeed. Like, like, honestly, if that works for your company in the environment that you're in, like, that's okay. You need to be very honest. I need to understand that's what happens because that's how, how you're going to hire. This is going to influence how you build a team. You know, like whatever the value is, be honest about it, understand what it is that you need, you know, it needs to make your business success. And then, you know, ultimately you're going to hire for this. So have those values in mind, write them out. Your early team will, will check them yes or no. Um, and then as you start to grow that company, this is gonna be your kind of blueprint for how you felt like the, the first stop before you hire. And, if, and this is why it's really important to have this because again, back to the first point with a glass of water, as your team expands and grows, the the, the biggest issue you're gonna hit is that, is that your culture has potential to dilute. And there's a stage when you're not too small, not too big where making wrong hires culturally can actually disrupt the whole thing and, and, and throw off kilter. Um,
0: well, and it can it can disrupt your 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 product even, right? Because if suddenly, you know, not of all of not all of your staff is 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 aligned and and has that same kind of you know emotion and, and conveys the same kind of feeling, then then you know suddenly people think of the brand as a whole as a different kind of company than 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 they thought it was, right? Um so and and, and to me, I think talking about culture is a perfect segue to talk about bears. Um Bunch Bonjoro's logo mark is a bear, a very friendly, happy pretty bear. Your title is um Papa Bear, which is awkward when I say it like this but but it is and in context, it's really great um I think you have some explaining to do let's talk about the bear well how did how did the bear become the become the logo and it's a really cool logo it's you know it's really amicable and and how did how did how did everything become about bears when it comes to you know video and you know c r m
1: so I think like I think with this company there was some thought on my behalf of of what kind of brand we wanted to go and build. So so this is it, it wasn't so much that we kind of fell into it like like I guess this was partly premeditated. We kind of knew where we wanted to go. I think I think playing around in video and what we were doing, it's like we, we were trying to encourage people to get on video and to open up to to customers and ideally to have quite a lot of fun while doing it because what we've you know obviously what we understood innately was that the more the more open you are, the more the more you're having fun, the more you kind of like drop the barriers. Actually, the more trust you build with the customer, it's more authentic. This, this tends to work. So so you look at that and you go, well, as a brand and a company, and, and bear in mind we are B two B, so we're in the business space.
0: You've bear in mind, I, I see your hint. I bear in mind.
1: <laughs> yeah, <bare laughs> mind. I do what you're thinking these days. It Just happens. Very, very subliminal. Um, yeah. You know you are. Well, I think what you have to do. I think the job of a brand is to is to not just reflect your customers, but actually to try and bring them on the journey with you. This is how I I see brands. So where we're having a company, have products and we're saying, look, you need to let go a little bit more, you need to relax a bit more, you need to open up a bit more. We want our brand to go a little bit further than you're gonna go so so that you come like on this journey with us. And so I think when we looked at it, we looked around brands, looked at what's happening in the space. We we kind of knew it had to have almost like a bit of a B two C slant, even though we're in a B two C, in a in a B two B place. We didn't want to go out corporate and serious. You know, I, I think a great company who did this in the B two B space is someone like Mailchimp. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they've and they've and they've changed and matured their brand over time. But they've actually held really well back to that core ethos, and and the stuff they're doing now just like again like it's, it, it, it's kind of perfect in, in my eyes. So we, I guess took a similar approach. I thought characterization was a way to do this. I can't remember how we came to the bear. I think it was maybe over a few beers, <laughs> <laughs> um, but the bear, like, like I think our first thing was a bit like, we were, like I, I, I think animals characterization was an obvious direction for us because it is fine. It's playful. You can, t- you can take it a long way. The bear happened. And then it just started to kind of, come more and more to life and this was this was partly driven by us it was actually a lot driven by customers as well i i think especially in those early days you get you know your innovators coming on board and there's a lot of energy a lot of excitement and everyone's like this is great let's go further like i remember one of the first things we ever did was we started sending bear suits to customers children when (laughs) when customers hit certain points um on the funnel and I mean, like, I'm not gonna lie, like it was a stroke of genius because basically we then had customers sending us back pictures of the, of them and their kids in bear suits. And I was like, look, they're <laughs> literally w- wearing our brand, you know, and I, I, and that, and that's when like the penny drops, people think, yeah, this, this is actually pretty fun. And then it starts to go beyond just being a company. And so you look, you know, I look at the value of a, of any company that you build. And, you know, we talk about, um, non-tangible assets and the the biggest one of these you could possibly build is is the brand really which which does include the team um but i think in these early days by doing this by getting people into our brand and getting people to talk about our brand what we end up you know we get a lot more excitement we get a lot more fun back we we generate case studies a lot easier you know people people who were that way inclined jumped on us because we were refreshing and different from the norm um i think the brand equity ended up becoming more valuable than probably the products especially like in those early days where the product's catching up and so, you know, that just compounded. We took it as far as it had to go, and the titles naturally fell out. Like, my title is Papa Bear. I, I don't think I came up with that again. I think a customer came up with that, and then it just stuck. <laughs> so there we are. Yeah, now anyone who joins the company, um, we have a team of grannies in the north of England that, 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 that build custom bear onesies for us. Um, <laughs> oh, great, great, great. It's great if you live in the northern hemisphere and you have winters in, in Australia, <laughs> Uh, they're a little bit too warm, so we don't get to wear them that much. Um, but this idea, this idea of being fun and playful, it, it helps for hiring and it really helps for culture. And that's yeah, you know, we want everyone to enjoy the job and have fun. If not, if not having that that fun, it's like can't for us. What's the point of business? But we also want customers to have fun, yeah. You know? and, and and it helps with everything. You know, frontline comes in more positive. If you have problems, people talk to you. They don't go and leave reviews. It just helps in every single way. But ultimately, it's all for us. The core cool thing is it's all it's all about having a bunch of fun, what we're doing what we love that is look
0: it, it it was it was such a fun story, but when you there were so many um you know pieces of uh you know like brand nuggets in what you just said right um it, and it's so it's so important for everyone listening to to really dive into that right like how it this is about personality, this is about culture, but this is also about um translating what you're Product, you know, does where you should open up and you should you should feel a certain way into into the brand. And so, you know, one of the questions, if I when I'm in your shoes and I'm being interviewed in podcasts or interviews or Q and A's or whatever it is, right? One question that I'm being asked all the time, literally, pretty much every single time I speak, they say, um, and I'm gonna let you answer it for me this time because I kind of think you already did. um, But they all ask me. Does branding for B two B companies even matter? You're talking about all these B two C companies, and I get it; they're consumers and they want something, right? It's the Nikes and the Apples. But B two B, like, really, does it matter? And I think you've got an answer.
1: <laughs> I, don't know, I don't know why anyone would ask this question. There's a, there's a million examples out there, like in, in the world. Um, like, absolutely, of course it does. Like, you're you, like you're selling something. People people aspire to. Values and companies they want to work with in any market you're in, anyone at all, you will have competition, and it might not like. You might have a unique product that's, that's you know that's world first. You're going to get people coming after you, and if not, people have people always have alternatives. You know, if you if you're a coffee company, people can drink tea. There's always different things people can do, and so when you're in that space one of the most effective ways you can compete is brand and this is your attitude and how you and how you treat customers and and, and the decisions you make on products like it influences everything you, you do it. it influences how you build the company how you go to market the kind of people you work with um, very very importantly um if you want to if, if you want to if you want the of the most the the easiest bit to understand where where brand makes sense in a business actually it's probably around hiring so why does somebody want to work for google why does somebody want to work for Atlassian? Why does somebody want to work, um, you know, for 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 X Bank or you know, or why why fund? They have choices they go to, and they're going to pick ones because they aspire to those values. The same will be for your customers, you know. Having having a brand strategy and, and working in certain ways will get you opportunities. will get you will get you different types of opportunities and give you different ways to compete. Um, I, I don't, yeah, for me it's it's hard it's hard to say because for me, it's it's so black and white like of course yeah of course yeah, yeah. well it's
0: hilarious because you were shocked that I say that pretty much every time i speak people come up to me and, and ask me that question and you know to me it's like why you're you're selling to people and people are people and they want to have something that's personable right and it doesn't matter if it's a, if if it's a b2b sale that they're making or if it's an actual you know retail store that they go into in the end it's still the same thing they want to have that connection but it is it, it, it's kind of it's kind of great that you were so shocked that that is something that people actually question and I mean it comes across um really really nicely in what in what your brand does I mean I think you know from you know not only from an empathetic point of view which we talked a lot about you know the, the strategic point of view but but the design the language the UX you know perspective that, that you take as a brand it's it's so it's so important, and 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 for, for you guys, you're doing a really, really, really great job, and that alone is a huge differentiator in a sea of sameness. Because you know, just to to kind of defend the ones that come up to me and ask me that question there's a boatload of, of, you know, tech companies and apps and services out there that are all pretty much doing the exact same thing. They use the same kind of web template. You know what I mean? It's like, you know, and here are our features, and it's like feature, 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 right? And then they go to Ponchoro, and it's like brand, brand, brand. And by the way, we've got features, right? But it's different. I mean, it's a very different kind of mindset. And, and sadly, a lot of, a lot of B2B marketers don't have it because they come from the IBM days of doing B2B marketing
1: yeah so like so like, i wonder if the challenge is to be honest that people don't understand what we mean when we talk when we talk about brand maybe so and obviously if, they, if they've just seen you speak different di- different group but um a lot of people think brand is a logo they think that's literally the all-encompassing world. the brand is is the logo you put on your site may and maybe the type fonts um, and yeah. that that is not brand that is one of the smallest elements of your brand it's probably the least important element of your brand like your brand is it's it's it, it's it's a culture it's a style it's a feeling it's what makes you you i mean i mean individually we all have brands like 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 if you walk into a room and somebody can't see your face do they still know it's you because of the way you walk because of the way you talk because of what you're wearing and like like that that's what what it is like 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 how recognizable are you in a sea of mundaneness? and that that does not just come down to logos it doesn't even necessarily come down to, to the whole visual piece like copywriting is like absolutely like key to this the way that you communicate with customers it's you know your operations like like like, like do you decide to put customers first or team first like how does that work um you know, it's it's about every element of your company how you treat your employees how you operationalize. are you going to have you know are you going to have centers in each country or work remotely like, like, like so many things come into this and, and it's not just a logo like if you ask me like everything it, it, it's probably the element that touches every part of the business. I mean, there's two things to do. Yeah. Like brand does. And then obviously um, money touches every, every part of, like every business is <laughs> driven by money. I think everything is also driven by brand. So it, it is absolutely all encompassing. It, it, it's the, it's the glue that makes your company what it is. Um, so don't, so when you say the to, to B2B companies not have a brand, I don't know if you're just thinking about the logo. Maybe that's the, the problem there because it's so much more than that.
0: Well, the problem is I already educated them, so that's post my education. <laughs> but
1: <laughs> but I, I appreciate
0: your benefit of a doubt. No, it's you know, it's uh, I, I just I just really believe that there's a lot of startup founders and I know that because they come to me, right? And and they're like, Well, all the other founders in my incubator or whatever, right? They're they're all doing they're all doing consumer centric stuff, right? And so of course brand is important, but I feel left out because I'm doing B2B. And so it's kinda of like this this stamp of if you're a founder in the b2b space invest in feature 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 you know that's all right that's where you invest you actually shouldn't invest in 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 branding and marketing because that comes much later and it's much easier it's a different funnel um but you know obviously we know we know the the golden path um and I'm, i'm glad that you you shared that with my audience as well and talking about golden paths and talking about you know how branding kind of touches everything i love on your website the way that you funnel very different customer segments through your you know beautiful and smart online journey on your site by saying Bonjoro for and then in the nav, right, and then you can select what you would use it for. So it's like Bonjoro for online education or Bonjoro for customer success. And This sounds like a simple and logical solution, but I see many companies screw that up by creating sub-products, right? It's like a different target audience or creating this maze of an experience, but... You guys nailed it by saying, hey, we do we do one thing. We're all about this one thing, right? And we just happen to do it for many people. So if you're if you're this person, this is this is right for you. Has this been an ongoing conversation and, and, and kind of like a big strategic brand decision or was this just kind of like it fell into place? I, I assume it didn't just fall into place.
1: Uh, like, I, I, think, I think this is part of the maturity of the company as well. So, like, so all, and I'll talk about B2B well, and B2C. You basically have you'll notice as you grow you have ideal customer profiles so you will have become like ICPs. So you will have certain customers that will utilize and connect and stay with your company um and you know you see these in a, in a research project you know we do we do user profiles jenny is a green grocer from wherever mm-hmm. i think I like, that kind of thing. like like when you the more data you have the deeper you start to understand who it is that's using your product, and you start to understand that there's not just one bucket of people. There are different people with different motivations. And then, if you can help tailor parts of your product to parts of your messaging, so there's different people because again, different people have different mo- motivations. If you're a bank, it's very different talking to a 20 year old starting, you know, starting an account versus you know a 70 year old retiree who's you know saving for the for for the grandkids. Very different market, very different like messaging. How do you how do you work out how do you work out because you can't target everyone who you target and it's probably three or four people types of people only um, maybe a little bit more but yeah like small numbers how do you then really bucket those up and, and and one thing here as well is to focus on the customers that are the best for your company you might have a million Joe you know, blogs but they but they but they don't ever spend any money whereas you have a thousand you know Susie's who spend ten grand a year like focus on those obviously. Um. So, how do you how do you cater, and then how do you how do you work out who these are, and then how do you change your messaging to really hit the core value that each of these different type of users are are um are going for? And again, like to the bank, the bank idea, a 20 year old opening a savings account versus a a a retiree with a fund, they they're using the exact same bank and possibly the exact same products but they're using them for very different, like ultimate goals and reasons. And so the the better you can understand this, the better you can tailor your message to those individuals. And with the ultimate goal, that's the better you're gonna be at converting and convincing people to come and work with your company. Totally,
0: absolutely. I, I I love I love that uh, that bank um, you know metaphor because it is, and, and most banks actually don't do that. Right? They're like, hey, here are services, here are features. Again, you know, back to that back to that conversation. But you know, also also aligning a company or or a product around like kind of like the the big. The big picture thought, right? So for Bonjoro, I assume it is not about video, but it's actually about connection, right? Creating this personal connection between you and and someone else. And video is kind of like just you know, the means the means to to get there. um with with that said, if you could distill your brand uh, all the way down to one word or two words, what would it be? I call it brand DNA, but you can call it anything, right? Like for for Coca Cola, it, it used to be happiness, right? Like everyone thinks about that, you know, or at least that's what they made us believe. It's it's a sugary drink, and we don't really think that anymore. But that was the idea, the messaging. Um, with with Sappos, which which I'm sure it must be close to you guys because it's all about customer service. Um, for them, I think it now distilled into just simply wow, right? So Sappos, you should think Sappos, you should think wow, right? Like that's amazing customer service. Um. What is what is a word that can describe your brand at the heart? And now we go, we're talking about everything, right? From culture to product. To like, what is what is the brand in a word? Delight, I think. Delight, Be the word. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, just 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 like the bears, um, it all goes back to it, right? It's like it's it, it's you know like you, you just taking take you know t- taking it lighthearted um, and um, and 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 giving value at the same same time. I I really like that. And um, there's one more question that I wanted to ask about your brand, and I, I just never got around to it because we started chatting about so many other things. Um don't just say hello, say Bonjoro. Does that does that tagline pretty much encapsulate the story behind the name? Was it from "Bonjour"? Was it was it
1: what's that the idea? Yeah. So, so like, with when you're coming up with it with a name, I, and I do think this is important. Yeah. You know, to my point earlier, I was saying it's not all about logo. Um, I think. My preferred way to start a company is to make up a word. Um I think that way you avoid prior you avoid other existing words out in the market, so that there's no confusion. Also you can get a domain name, you know and you can obviously yep. get better SEO off the back of that. So there are there are tactical reasons too. Um, but what you want to do with this word is you want to um, have connotations and you want to inspire a subconscious kind of thought towards what it is you're ultimately looking to do as a company. So, "Bonjour" obviously comes off influence from "bonjour" or from "bonjourno," which is Italian and French for "hello." Um, and obviously, you know, the main reason we use with these videos is to turn up and say hello and welcome to customers. So, there is a there is this subconscious feeling behind it of of you know this this welcoming, open feeling to to the company. And like I said, there was domain, domain name available, so it was a win win.
0: Um, in a past life, you and I went to the same brand school. <laughs> this is when we when we work on the on names for clients. It's it's exact same philosophy. Um, it it just it it makes so much sense. It's um, it's uh, it, it's a really smart move. Um, all right, uh, we're coming slowly. We're coming to to, to an end here. Um, what is what is a piece of brand advice? Um, I, I know you already gave tons of advice, um, but. What what is a piece of brand advice that you might not have talked about that that you know that, that you think founders should just really keep at heart when, when they create their their company when they're still young, they, they might have a couple of employees, maybe they're just two co-founders, you know, out on a pizza night figuring out, you know, what's our brand gonna be? Like, what is some advice from your end? Now that you've gone through this uh, multiple times uh, times it sounds like.
1: Yeah, like, like I think a really good starting point is to find another company that espouses the, 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 the value that has the values and the and, and the brand that you aspire to grow into and very specifically do not just look in your industry so with us <laughs> like honestly like you mentioned zappos zappos is one of the companies that we aspire to be to be <laughs> um zappos is not is not a tech company yeah yeah you know, they are a they're 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 a shoe and product company um but the way they approach Customers, the way they put customers first, the whole delight and happiness, um, the whole leadership style, that to us is how a company should be built. Um, We want to take some of that and it gives us a North Star and a really good, I guess, kind of like baseline is to to check on and say, "Are, are are we getting there? Do this. It makes it a lot easier because there are going to be great leaders that are doing things that you want to do. And again, be that Zappos, be that Silicon Valley Bank, whatever it is you wanna you wanna get to, have that North Star and it just makes it easier as you grow to keep checking in and saying, Are we on the right direction?
0: I love that, and I, I I also often advise founders to just stop looking at the industry. Period. <laughs> you know, it's like if you come in and you want to change things, and you've got a mindset, then then everyone gets stuck with like, okay, let's put on a browser window with our six competitors, and guess what? Your website's gonna look the same like the other six people, right? Because you are so focused and looking at your competitors. Oh, that's how they're structured. Oh, that's how their flow is. Oh, that's what they talk about themselves, and and that's why everything is a sea of sameness. So yeah, look at look at look at the flower. Or, you know, like a flower shop that disrupts the marketplace, or like look at something like totally different, where you say, "Well, this is they lead with empathy, or they or they're trying to do something different in a space that is you know that that is you know old and that needs to be disrupted, or whatever it is." You know, like you said, for you it was all about customer first, and so you 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 gravitated towards towards Zappos because they're really great in that space, but. I mean, it's unbelievable how many founders don't do that. And they're just so fixated on the industry because it makes sense, right? Especially when they come from that industry. Um, but I think that's, I think that's super
1: important. I would say it's definitely a wood for the tree situation. You know, like you yeah. need, it, it's, it, it's hard. Yeah, <laughs> the good thing, like if you're building something for the industry that you understand, you've been that for years, that's actually a good way to build a successful business because you understand what you're doing. The downsides are that you might have blinkers on when it comes to, Some strategy for sure.
0: Yeah, yeah, totally. i I made it. <laughs> I made it my thing, and that was pre COVID, obviously. And hopefully, hopefully, that's gonna happen again soon. Um, I only worked on on my own, like you know, our, our website copy or a website, you know, like uh, strategic thoughts about it. I I only used to work at it uh, on it uh, in in airplanes, especially you know, like those gruesome transatlantic, you know, twelve hour, nine hour flights, where I did not pay for internet and I was just basically there with a blank page and. I mean, I worked on three sentences for like eight hours. And and but but that's it. I mean, it was so personal and it was so deep and it was just as clear as possible. And those are the lines that really stand out and and, and and they always make it for a long time, right? Um but but in my eyes, that's how you how you create something when you already know what your brand DNA is, you know what your brand is all about, and then you just you just have to kind of like I guess the idea of sitting on a rock, right? It's the same thing. Exactly. hundred percent. What's next? What's next for the Bonchoro brand as we're slowly coming to a close here? What, what are you excited about in, in the next six months? I mean, I think, I think mankind is excited about the, the, the next six months after the last six months. But for your brand specifically, like, are you brewing up something that you're, you're excited about that you want to share?
1: I think, like, I, I think this is, this is the, the great thing about doing a startup and taking that through growth is that your, your brand will change over time. Um, it will hopefully refine and mature. This is kind of how I think about it. Um, so I think, like, I see our brand doing this. I see us tailoring it down deeper and deeper to the kind of customers that we know are good for us and that work with us, and and the kind of people we we want to hire. Uh, yeah, we talked about the idea of personalization at scale. Like we, we, we have a we have an ethos here, which I think dictates a lot of our brand, which is um, automated processes but never relationships. And so it's interesting hmm. when we look twelve months ahead about what we're going to go and build as a product company we start with that ethos first and then we start and going well let's actually put together like a mock-up website and some mock-up messaging and let's design the the company and the messaging that we want to be and let's work back from that and build product afterwards so we actually don't go product first we we tend to go like almost kind of like brand messaging positioning first and then we go what's it going to take to go and fulfill that dream so that we've just come out of that process. I'm not saying it's easy, um, but I think we've got a pretty cool north star for the end of the year. Um, a lot to do in the next twelve months, but it is going to be kind of vision-led, and then products going to going to going to backfill in all the innovation that helps us get there.
0: That's so awesome. I'm uh, I'm I'm excited that you just went through this exercise. It's so liberating afterwards to say, "Okay, now let's open the floodgates. Let's make it happen." That's um a, a, and I like I like the way that you guys work. I mean, it's just it's just really cool. And it's the great news is, and you know that, um it's very easy for people to see when they when they visit of online that there is so much thought put into it and it's very very brand uh brand focused brand led. Um, With with that being said, where can people find Bonjoro online? I guess everywhere,
1: because you own the word, right? Yeah, every time (laughs) B-O-N-J-O-R-O, you'll find something from us. So go go have a play. Um, If you want to test that video, try it out. It's free. You'll get a video from one of us somewhere in the world. So do say hello. Reach out. We are human. Um, If you want to reach out to me in person, you can always go on LinkedIn. Um, Search for Papa Bear. (laughs) that's the other benefit about having a a title I think I I think there's three of us and and, and I'm the only guy in the bear suit I don't know why the other guys aren't wearing bear suits but there you go Um, so please reach out
0: this is a this is a call to action for the other for the other papa bears Um, this is competitive now
1: this is awesome hey
0: Matt, um, it, you did not come across as a 6 a.m. kind of, uh, I just woke up and have my coffee, um, you know, interview. That's, uh, I really appreciate it. This was awesome. So much good stuff. Um, stay in touch. Appreciate appreciate your time. And, uh, and thanks, for being, thanks for being on the show. Thanks for having me. Matt Barnett, who was on the call at 6 a.m. his time. What a trooper. I hope you enjoyed this episode as much as I have the conversation, and if so, please do subscribe, rate, and share the show. Even more, join in on supporting the podcast to ensure it can remain advertising-free. And with your support, you can hop on one or even two-hour phone calls with yours truly to discuss your brand hurdles or your creative paths. You can do so by going to patreon.com hitting the mark. Thank you. Hitting the Mark is produced by my consultancy, Finian, where we create clarity for brand transformations. This episode was edited by Everett Barton and the Hitting the Mark theme music was written and produced by Happiness One. I will see you next time when we once again will be hitting the mark.